Well, good evening to the Idaho Sports Talk 2022 State Boys Basketball Tournament Preview Extravaganza. We'll be coming to you live for the next yeah, 90 minutes or so here on IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and also our Twitter account. And so uh, we're going to be here uh, shuffling the different play broadcasters, leaning out throughout the lineup uh, tonight. We always want to start off on our strongest foot. It's that lead off tonight. Um, I'm Brandon Bainey, but also he's joined by Wayne Dizkubek. He's going to be broadcasting the 5A Boys State Basketball Tournament on Idaho Sports Wayne, welcome in. Hi, Clinton. Well, I'll tell you what, man, I'm excited. I, I, I can't believe, Brandon, that we're at the end of the season. I mean, it just kind of went by so quickly. We say that every year. But this year was kind of a fun year. We did a lot of 5A games, even had an opportunity to do teams like Lake City and Post Falls and Coeur d'Alene as they came down here for a challenge that they had against uh, some SIC teams. So it was fun to do. It was a fun season. And now, it's, it, you know, everybody's kind of gotten their ducks in a row. And now it's up to three days. Who can, who can do the best of these three days at the Fort Idaho Center? Absolutely. And we already have our first live comment of the night from Sam Buffington. He's one of the biggest IdahoSports.com fans out there. He lives up north. Sam says, hello, everyone, including Mr. Brandon Brackett Bainey. That's right, because this time of year, Wayne, I love breaking out those brackets and breaking them down. So I tell you what, Sam just loves that alliteration right there, huh? Brandon Brackett Bainey, you got to love it. That's right. That's my unofficial nickname this time of year. My wife jokes that it's Big Head Bainey, but oh, it could be, yeah. <laughs> the rest of the year it is, I'm sure. But for our purposes, we like it bracket Bainey. Definitely. So if you want to be like Sam and leave a comment, if you want to ask us a question about the 5A or or any classification, um, or you want a breakdown of a certain player, or you want to give a shout out to your favorite player, a favorite team, or favorite broadcaster, uh, leave us a comment and we'll throw it up on the screen. For example, Brad wants to know, Pokey will win 4A. What are your thoughts? Uh, the 4A preview coming up in about 15 minutes. We're going to have Scott Burton on to break down that 4A bracket. But Wayne, real quick, you did see Pocatello this year against Lake City, actually, in the championship of, the, of that Hawaii Classic, right? Yeah, they hung tough with Lake City. I mean, uh, the problem was they, they only had one player playing that night, you know, and uh, and so they needed to get everybody involved because Lake City is, as we will talk about, just a consummate team team. And, uh, you know, but Pocatello is good. But you know what? Don't count out some of those other guys there. That's going to be interesting. Uh, but I'll let Scott Burton take care of that stuff. Yeah, that's coming up. Uh, we're going to spend about 15 minutes on each classification. Sam says, uh, I love it a lot. The alliteration, I think, Brandon Brackett-Bainey. Thanks, Wayne. So <laughs> there you go. Hey, yeah, leave us your comments. We're talking 5A basketball here for the next 15 minutes on IdahoSports.com. Hey, while you're hanging out and you're watching the live video, go ahead and hit that like button because what's going to happen is um, there's some people that aren't with us live tonight. They're watching, I don't know, Boise State basketball or the the president is delivering a pretty important speech tonight, I guess, the State of the Union address. And so uh, the next day, tomorrow, or even Thursday, when uh, people are coming back to watch the replay, it's going to be easier for them to find in the social media algorithm if we get as many likes and shares as possible. So go ahead and hit that like button while you're hanging out with us tonight. And uh, if you have time to, maybe share it in a, amongst your, your family and friends. And that'll really help us out. Uh, it's a big help for sure. Well, let's, let's dive right into this bracket, Wayne. Let's pull it up and put it up on the big screen here. This is the first time we're having the bracket seated according to max preps ranking. Yep. So Lake city, uh, just like on the girls side, number one seed coming in. Now the Lake city girls, uh, it didn't pay off for them as they fell uh, in the semifinals. But uh, what do you see? What stands out to you in this bracket? 
You know, really, I, I, again, I think the thing that stands out to me is that uh, Madison Meridian showdown, you know, I think that's big. And then the Eagle Rigby showdown. That's one that I'm really looking forward to. Four against five should be interesting. Uh, the thing that really intrigues me is that Centennials, a 14 and 10 team, Brandon, they're taking on the number one seed. Centennials, the number eight seed. I have seen Centennial when they look absolutely fantastic, and I've seen them when they look absolutely terrible. Uh, they are a team that you don't know what you're going to get. They depend on the threes, and if they hit the threes, they've been hitting about 36% on the year, but if they hit them, they're going to be in that game. But I think Lake City is just too tough for Centennial to get it going. One, one versus eight, it's not going to be a fair game. Yeah, you mentioned Centennial. I mean, it's it's been a while. We were talking before we hopped on the air. They they played Mountain View twice. They they won big. They lost big. They yeah. dominated Meridian at districts to punch their ticket to state. Uh, Meridian turns around and barely gets by Timberline, and then Meridian blows out Coeur d'Alene in the play-in game. So Meridian comes in as the uh, the number six seed. Yep. So, so I, I really think these bottom three, you know, Centennial at eight, Mountain View at seven, Meridian at six, it's really hard to gauge how good those teams are because the SIC was very tough this year. Well, it was so up and down. You never knew what was going to happen on a given night because you had those, like you said, big blowouts going both ways, back and forth. I mean, Hawaii, even the number two seed, they would blow somebody out. They blew Mountain View out. It was a, a running clock in the fourth quarter over at Owyhee, and then they turned around and played at Mountain View. It was a 10-point Owyhee win, but it went right down to the buzzer. So you never know what you're going to get. I've seen Lake City play. I like them. I mean, Colton Mitchell, Blake Buchanan, those guys, really, really solid, and those are just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Lake City is a lot like Owyhee in that they are a team team. They've got a lot of guys. They could, you know, One or two guys will stand out for you, but man, they've, they've got, uh, they go eight, nine deep. Yeah. Hawaii and Eagle had that epic uh, SIC championship game. They were already locked into their seating. So it didn't matter in terms right. of the bracket, but, but, but bragging rights for sure. We've got a comment here from Nate Bearway and he says better fan base, Hawaii or Madison. And what a crazy atmosphere that would be Friday night in the Idaho center. If they were to meet up in that semifinal. So you've got Madison who, historically has always been a rabid, passionate fan base. They always travel well from Rexburg. And Hawaii is kind of the new kid on the block. What do you Hawaii's, think? Hawaii brand is going crazy. I cannot speak to Madison. I've not seen Madison. Madison and Rigby, the two teams I haven't seen play this year. But I'll tell you what, last Friday night in the championship, district championship game, the Stormtroopers, that's what they call themselves, the uh, student body, they stand up the whole time. At Meridian Gymnasium, they filled up the top half all the way halfway across the top. they And there wasn't a place to go. They were jumping up and down all the time. They were unbelievable. The Stormtroopers are going to be hard to match. But if anybody can do it, I think the Madison, the Madison Bobcats can. Yeah, well, cool cat here with a comment. Madison is a crazy fan base. <laughs> I, I have to second that comment, Wayne. Yeah, uh, absolutely. They, they're passionate for sure. Well, um, obviously we're already getting from them. We haven't heard from Hawaii yet, but we've heard from those guys. So yeah, they're uh, right now, I guess I'm based on that. They're crazier than Hawaii. Stormtroopers. Where are you at? Where, where are the Hawaii <laughs> peeps at? Here we go. Let's, let's talk about uh, now. Cool cat wants to break down the Madison team. She, uh, she says Madison has great guards, but not much size from what I have seen. And that yeah. is something that Hawaii has in spades, right? Yeah, they do. I mean, Logan Crane, 13 points a game. You start with him for Madison. I mean, Madison's 18 and five on the year. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. You know, it, it, 
it's kind of interesting to see what they can do. They're used to being there. I mean, I know it's not the same kids, but they've been at the state for five of the last six years. So this is a team that's perennial state ready. So they know what's expected. They know what level they need to play at. They come in there. Why he was 21 and three, the number two seed. They were seven and one against the five, a qualifiers. Okay. State qualifiers, seven and one. That's how good they are. And they're getting better. Uh, the other night when they played Eagle, remember way back in December, December 21st, they lost to Eagle by in four overtimes, 80 to 76. Well, then Friday night, 71 to 49, they had something to prove, and they proved it immediately. And you would think it would come from Leon Campbell, who's averaging 18, or maybe Jack Payne, Jack Payne averaging 11.7 points per game. But no, it came from Titus Bailey, who hit five three-pointers in the first period. And he did not. He was five for five in the first period. It was like, are you kidding me? Titus Bailey, the transfer from Capital. I know he was sorely missed uh, across town at Capital this year. No doubt about it. He's, he's a dynamic player. Madison, you know, when you talked about new players, really, Logan Crane is the only returning starter from last yeah, season. But yeah. not only that, new coach as well, uh, Travis Schwab, who had done a great job leading that program. He got kicked up to uh, to an administrative position. And so Shane Humphreys, in his first year as the, the coach at Madison, picking up right where he left off. Yeah, so you're saying we needed more Schwab than less Schwab, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no doubt about that. Some, I'm sorry, sometimes I can't help myself. It just happens. <laughs> for sure. Now, Madison, I will say, you know, Meridian is the defending 5A champs. Yeah. Um, Jeff Sainer is still there. Great coach. They've got some some of the key pieces back from last year, Ethan Pierce and Davis Thacker. They just they seem dangerous to me until somebody actually knocks them out. They could still make that run, I think. They can. They got Austin Ramos. We don't talk much about him. He had a game-winning shot earlier in the year. But, I mean, think about it. Uh, Meridian lost to Coeur d'Alene earlier in the year, okay? Game played at their gym and Meridian, and then had to go all the way up to Grangeville to play that game against Coeur d'Alene. I know Coeur d'Alene had to come down to Grangeville, but I, I, as I recall, I think it's a little further to go to Grangeville. But Meridian goes up there. Ethan Pierce has 19 points, comes apart and gets the job done and they win a playing game to make it here and so after losing eight players from last year including Brody Roberry the player of the year in Idaho Meridian is back in the state playoffs back with a chance and as long as you're in the field you have a chance to win that state championship are they going to do it I don't think so but I may be the only one outside of that Meridian bench that does well, you know who else thinks that, Wayne? Allison Sessions. Madison could win it all for 5A. So we got lots of Madison fans in here tonight. Sam's back on with another question. Who is Centennial's main guy? I don't know anyone on Centennial, and that's a perfect time for us, Wayne, to transition into our players to watch for the 5A ranks. We picked one player uh, from each team, and again, this is not an all-inclusive list. This is just a jumping-off point, um, but sure. we picked one player from each team to keep an eye on, including Centennial. So let's take a look at this. So we've got Tyler Ship. He's kind of the big man for Centennial. I know they've got some good guards as well, and Caden Christensen and Kyle Shabbat, um, but he's the main guy. Colton Mitchell from Lake City, the tremendous point guard, uh, probably the best player up north, just a junior. Donovan Jones from Eagle, great forward. We, we talked about Logan Crane from Madison already and Ethan Pierce from Meridian. Baylor Perrin is a great point guard from Mountain View. Jack Payne, the, the Boise High Transfer, Colorado State University commit. He leads Hawaii. And then Carson Barber is a good big underneath for rugby. This is a pretty good list. 
Yeah, it's a pretty good list. I mean, you could you could uh, sit there and say, hey, we forgot about Nate Ojuku from Mountain View. This is a big kid, six foot seven, really gets down there and makes a big difference. You say, how about Liam Campbell for Hawaii? He had Jack Payne down there because he's a senior. Liam Campbell averages 18 points a game. Tyler Ship, 13 for Centennial. Sam asked, who's their big guy? Well, they don't really have a big guy because they all are kind of small guards. They shoot from the outside. They're a three-point team. All that kind of stuff. Colt Mitchell, you forget about Blake Buchanan. Don't forget about him. They're almost 14 points per game. Donovan Jones, you got Gage Jones. So you got another Jones there. So uh, an Eagles, another one of those teams like Lake City uh, and really uh, Oahe is a team team. I mean, Eagle plays great as a team. The big question is, can they bounce back from that, that loss, 71-49 in the district championship, which was really uh, not expected to Hawaii. So a lot of questions, a lot of things, you know, and I agree. I think Madison's a dark horse there. I think Rigby's a dark horse. They've been there before. They know what they're doing. So I think this is a very interesting field, very interesting first round matchups with the exception maybe of Lake City Centennial. Yeah, let's let's take a look at that top half of the bracket again. Super quick. Cool. We didn't spend a ton of time on it, but Eagle and Rigby to me is the most intriguing opening round game, right? Eagle, you mentioned yep. coming off that big loss to Hawaii. Rigby came in with less fanfare than usual in terms of preseason hype, but proved that they certainly belong here at state as well. Um, this is going to be an interesting top half of the bracket. I think you could have Lake City against either Rigby and or Eagle, and that could be any of those three teams I think could could all advance to the title. I agree. I've seen Eagle when they looked unbeatable, and I've seen Eagle when they got really rocked like they did last Friday night. But uh, so if Rigby comes in, plays a tough game, I mean, I, I think that is the most intriguing game in the first round. The second most intriguing is that Madison Meridian game. Uh, I really, you know, it's like everything else. A lot of teams sit there and they go, well, gosh, we like Hawaii and Mountain View, okay? Well, we've played each other so many times. Why do we have to meet in the state in the first round? But that's the way it is. And uh, there's a lot of familiarity there. But Hawaii right now, 17-game win streak coming in, Brandon. These guys, 7-1, as I said, against 5A qualifiers. To me, it, the train is headed towards a Lake City-Hawaii final. And while there's some people out there, I know Allison was saying that she thinks that uh, Madison's going to win it all. I mean, they could. They very well could. I have seen so much. That's why we play the game. But if you really had to sit there and go by what you know the odds makers are saying right now, I see a Lake City, Hawaii thing in my crystal ball. For sure. And Sam, with one last comment here, Eagle upset Rigby in 2020 at the state tournament, 51-43. That's when Eagle had Tan Tanner Hayhurst, and we know how good he was. So, the, I mean, anything can happen this time of year at state, that's for sure. Wayne DeZubak, our 5A broadcaster for all of the 5A coverage on IdahoSports.com. Thank you for stopping by and helping us break down everything. Are we done? Because Scott Burton took more time than me last time. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, 15 minutes per. We're trying to keep it on a tight schedule. And look, the boss is even in here. Paul Kingsbury. 4A coming up next. With <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's my exit cue. <laughs> exit stage left to zoo back. All right. Okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> we'll see you later. Hey, thanks, right. for, thanks for hanging out with us, Wayne. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with your 4A state preview with Scott Burton. On the other side of this break, you're watching the live boys basketball state tournament preview special here on IdahoSports.com. The first step, the handholds, the new schools and the new everything. 12 years of teachers and meetings and paperwork. Nobody told you about the forms it takes to raise a kid. All the rides to here and there. The best friends and old friends and parents of friends who you'll see in five years in the grocery store and still remembers that kid's mom. It's all flown by and you did it. 
You did all the steps. And your last step is there next. That's why we created Next Steps, where all the post-high school options available to Idaho teens and their parents are in one place. Easy steps you can offer that help them find their future. Whatever that may be. All right, taking our next steps here on the IdahoSports.com preview show. Brandon Bainey joined by Scott Burton. Scotty's going to be broadcasting the 4A state basketball tournament for us on IdahoSports.com. So, again, we want to interact with the fans. We want to mix it up tonight. So if you have a 4A question or a shout-out or a comment, you want to shout-out a player, you want to shout-out a team, you want to ask Scott a question, drop a comment. We'll throw it up on the screen and, and interact with the fans live. And while you're sitting there as well, go ahead and like us, uh, like this video, because as people maybe can't watch it live tonight, they're, they're tied up doing other things, they want to come back and watch it tomorrow or maybe even Thursday morning before State gets rocking and rolling, it's going to help them find the video a lot easier if you just click that like button. It takes two seconds, and Scott really takes it personally if you don't like when he's on. So for Scott's sake, please hit that like button. <laughs> oh, Brandon. Yeah, and I even got razzed by our 5A guy. I mean, what's going on, Wayne? <laughs> You're right. Right, for sure. Hey, speaking of Wayne, super quick, Sam had a question. Bracket Bainey, last question I forgot to ask. Who's covering the 5A State Tournament? You and Wayne? Uh, it is going to be Wayne and Clay Hatfield uh, on all of that play-by-play coverage. I'm going to be doing the 1A D1 Tournament, which is, oh, man, like an hour from now. So we, we got a long ways to go. Uh, Ryan Trappen says Scott Burton is the man. Hey, Trappen. And how about right off the bat, Scott, let's talk about Valley View. They've yeah. got to be one of the stories of this tournament. Jaden says don't count them out. You saw what happened to Middleton. Yeah, we all did. That really turned a lot of heads when Valley View knocked off Middleton at districts to earn a spot to state. Oh, yeah, you're not kidding. I mean, I think prior to that, nobody had really given Valley View a shot to do much of anything. But, you know, you knock off the defending 4A champs in the district tournament, all of a sudden you've got everybody's attention. You know, um, I mean, this is a team that's coming in, the number eight seed, uh, 14 and 10 record. You know, they're, they're, they're one of those teams – that is going to need some help or specifically Jacob Martinez. You know, he's been the guy that's been carrying the mail for them all season long, averaging 17 points a game. What is the supporting cast going to do for Valley View? And that's going to be the question because Martinez has been seeing boxing one all season long. And, and basically when that happens, you're telling Valley View, you don't have anybody else that's going to beat us. We stopped Martinez. We stopped Valley View. Well, you know, I think they had a little something to say about that on other aspects of the game against Middleton. And, you know, got people thinking, can they still do the same thing that uh, people have been doing to Valley View all season long? But again, you know, when it comes down to the tournament, is Martinez going to get the help that he needs? That is a big question as we take a look at this 4A bracket. Valley View, the eight seed, they're going to have to play Hillcrest right away up top, the number one. And boy, they are they are going to be a really uh, tough opponent for Valley View. And honestly, anybody who comes their way, uh, Cool Cat says Hillcrest is going to be tough to beat in 4A. Isaac Davis and the Kessler kids, Cooper and Kobe, both are legit. Break down this Hillcrest team for us, Scott. Oh, I, I tell you what, this may be the most complete team in the tournament. They are they are good, you know, inside out. Nobody graduated last year. They're the highest scoring offense in the tournament at about 67 points a game. Uh, you know, and 
they lost two games this year, and it was the second and third game of the season, both to Utah schools, right? And the two schools in Utah have a combined record of 40 and 10. So, I mean, this is a Hillcrest team that is, let's see, they are, they haven't played any of the 4A state qualifiers, but they have played five of the 5A qualifiers and beat them all. You know, they are averaging beating 4A opponents this year by 25 points. On paper, this Hillcrest team is legit. You know, Isaac Davis on the inside, the 6'7 sophomore. You know, so we're not done talking about this kid. You know, 14 points a game. I mean, he's being recruited by D1 schools. I mean, he is the real deal. They've got shooters. You know, Jace Austin is shooting 48% beyond the arc. 48%. From three. And then Kobe Kessler, 19 points. I mean, this is a team that is, I I can't, I can't say it enough. This team is good. (laughs) And and you know what? There's a lot of teams we could say that about. I think in terms of most wide open tournament, 4A is it. If we look at this bracket, I mean, just look at the next matchup. District Mm -hmm. rivals, Middleton, the four seed, Bishop Kelly, the five. Now Middleton beat BK twice in the regular season. Didn't get to play him at districts. It's hard to beat the same team three times, and they've been good tight battles both times. Uh, they have. Middleton comes in the number four seed by the skin of their teeth. They had to win three loser-out games to get here, including surviving a play-in game, which went to overtime. Now, the thing about Middleton, obviously, they're, they're coming in at 23-2. and two, But it, I think what happens with a team like Middleton, it's going to be really interesting to see because, you know, they were cruising right along. You know, we can talk about Tyler Medeiros, the 6-7-4-A player of the year. Um, well, let, let's just talk about him for a minute. You know, double doubles all over the place, multiple all season long, even had a triple double this year. I mean, th- that's huge in high school basketball. It just doesn't happen. Um, he scored a thousand points in his career, over 700 rebounds, over 200 assists, over a hundred block shots. If you haven't seen this kid play, I mean, he, he's a lot of fun to watch and he's a D1 recruit, you know, not by accident. But, you know, if that's not enough, they can throw a 6'10 Michael Day at you uh, as well. And he can score in the paint and shoot the three if they need him to do that. You know, they're the tallest team in the 4A bracket, you know, and they've got a solid point guard and Talmadge Suki that uh, can shoot the ball as well, 40% from beyond the arc for him. This is a really good team. But here's what I question. They got punched in the mouth by Valley View, and and it, and it really sent them reeling because they really had to fight and battle and claw to get into this tournament, you know. And they lost their swagger a little bit, and I think through that process they kind of became a little unsure of themselves. At least that's my take on them. We'll see if they can get that that kind of that attitude back again because a lot of times you see teams that come into a tournament doesn't matter what the record is. What kind of pep in the step do they have? What kind of confidence? What kind of swagger? Uh, Middleton lost that, I think, right at the end. And it'll be interesting to see if they get it back because they definitely have all the tools uh, to, to go deep into the tournament and defend their title. Yeah, Scott, you mentioned that playing game with Blackfoot. I, I was on the call for that for IdahoSports.com. And yeah, you're right. It, the game went to overtime. Middleton, late in regulation, missed two consecutive front ends of one and one situations uh, that allowed Blackfoot to tie the game. 
Um, Madaris ended up fouling out of the game. His impact was minimal. They've got the size, and when they can couple that with the shooting and the spacing, that's when Middleton is really at their best. Mm-hmm. Talking to their coach, Nate Hartman, before the game, he said, that's really where we've run into problems this year is when we don't trust. We don't trust the system. We don't trust that our teammate's going to be in the spot that he's supposed to be in, and our spacing gets all messed up because of that. And so if they can work that out, um, I think they can be okay. But like you said, that's a loaded side of the bracket. Cool yeah. cat says Hillcrest beat Madison twice already. And of course they're the number one seed on that side of the bracket. Unfortunately, you know, you don't get like a 10 point head start for being in Madison twice. <laughs> you, you Everybody starts at zeros. Yeah. And well, so, I will say one more shout out to Middleton too. Just, yeah. I mean, after last year when the cupboard went bare for the most part, except for Madaris and they lost their head coach, Andy Harrington, everybody was kind of thinking, well, what is this Middleton team going to do? All they're going to have is, is Tyler Madaris. Well, losing four starters in their head coach, and here they are with a better record than what they had last year. So, you know, hats off to Middleton for, for overcoming that. Definitely. Uh, let's uh, bring up another comment from Cool Cat here. Flip to the other side of the bracket. Julian Bowie from Pocatello is another stud. People are going to be surprised by that kid. Only a sophomore, too. And let's let, that'll lead nicely into our 4A players to watch here, Scott. We picked a player from each team. And again, not a comprehensive list, just a starting point for the conversation. But here's the list of 4A players to watch. Blake Hawthorne, who is a good, strong, physical big underneath for Bishop Kelly. Stockton Page, great point guard for the Burley Bobcats. Mikey Lloyd can beat you inside and outside for the Jerome Tigers. Cooper Kessler from Hillcrest, we already talked about. We talked about Madaris from Middleton. Jamari Simpson is the point guard for Moscow, leads that attack. Julian Bowie from Pocatello, just the sophomore. And then Jacob Martinez from Valley View, we already talked about as well but this is a pretty good list and about half point guards and about half big men yeah this this is a really interesting field and uh, you know what it nothing would surprise me in this tournament um the only thing that would surprise me in the first round is if hillcrest fell to valley view that would be the only surprise in the first round to me because i just think hillcrest is that much better than a lot of the teams in the tournament but that's not to say that any of the others couldn't get hot. And, you know, if we talk about some of these other matchups, let's, let's go to the second game of the tournament, Middleton and Bishop Kelly. We just got done talking about Middleton. Well, what about Bishop Kelly? You know, BK is one of those teams that will just throw athletes at you one athlete after another. Uh, This is a team with experience too. They've got nine seniors on this squad and they are at state for the ninth time in 10 years. So you, you see teams a lot of times just sort of, collapse under the the bright lights and the big stage that's not bishop kelly this is where they're used to being and that's at the state tournament you know and they're led by the big three tommy hunter uh aiden mcgarvin and of course we just mentioned blake hawthorne who leads the way with 16 points a game all three of those guys averaging in double figures in fact you know hawthorne is signed to play basketball at the university of chicago he's first team all state i mean this kid is the real deal um if you haven't watched him play but you know the funny thing about bk though you know, if there's a knock on BK is they don't defend the three point line as well as they should, you know. And so if you run into a team that's shooting the ball really, really well, they don't get out to the shooters quite as quickly as they would like to or they would have to. But, you know, um, they're still a pretty good team. They open up with Middleton, which is I mean, my goodness, their Achilles heel if they've got one. And it's it's Middleton, you know, two losses this season to them one by five points, one by 10, but they've lost 10 in a row to Middleton. 
You know, and it's it's Bishop Kelly and Middleton both on the boys' side and the girls' side that Middleton just has their number. Can Bishop Kelly get over it this time? I don't know. We'll see. Well, a team that on the on the bottom half of the bracket, a team that had Pocatello's number this year was Century, uh, but the yep. Thunder come through at districts and they they win on a on a walk off shot basically, and then they win by two in the district championship, and Pocatello. Boy, that district was a dogfight all the way, but they survived. They get the number two seat for their efforts. Um, but now they get a Burley team that just beat Jerome in the District 4 championship. I'm not sure that's a great prize for, for Pocatello <laughs> right off the bat, a Burley team that's coming in hot. Well, you know, and this is a really interesting matchup. I think it's one of the more interesting matchups in the first round because, you know, Pocatello, they're good. I mean, they are solid, and they're coming out of a conference which is sparking another debate of why teams and how teams should be awarded a state berth because you've got Preston and Century sitting home and they're both really good basketball teams. But, you know, that's a conversation for another day. Um, you know, for Pocatello, the number two seed coming in with a record of 21 and three and two of those three losses were to Century and they were both blowouts. So you talk about a team having another team's number. Century definitely did with Pocatello. The other loss was to Lake City, the number one ranked 5A team. So this is a really solid Pocatello team that returns almost everyone from last year, aside from uh, Brevin Vaughn, who they lost. But uh, you know, somebody mentioned it before, Julian Bowie, the sophomore. Wow, this kid can play 25 points a game, and he's going to shoot the ball from anywhere. You know, As soon as he crosses the midcourt stripe, you better pick him up because he's not afraid to let it fly. And, and he is good. You know, he's going to have a little bit of help. Uh, Ryan Payne, the only under, only other Thunder to average double figures with 12 points. And he's a solid point guard for the Thunder as well. You know, Pocatello is generally very guard heavy, very guard dominated, uh, which means they've got speed and they can shoot. And that's Pocatello. You know, they love to penetrate and kick and they've got the shooters uh, to do it. You know, but uh, do they have the experience? The last trip with Pocatello was, I think, in 08 and 09. You know, but this is a really interesting matchup because then you got Burley on the other side coming in as the number seven seed with a record of 11 and 12. And people are going to look at that and say, well, what is Burley doing here? Well, they started the season three and nine, and then things got clicking. And you want to talk about a team that was playing and is playing their best basketball at the end of the season. It's Burley. They got hot at the right time. And they do it because they just, I don't know, they're one of those teams that just hang around. They are average at best on offense. And they are physical on defense. They will D you up and they'll get in your face and defense travels. And so that makes them a really interesting draw in a state tournament. I mean, they're led by Stockton Sheets, who's averaging 14 points a game, a great scorer. He can put the ball on the floor and get to the rack. Um, Kleckler, big guy, 6'5". He's pretty versatile. He's averaging 13. Uh, Stockton Page, 9. So those are the big three for Burley, but they don't have a stat line. They don't have a star player. They don't have something that just jumps off the page at you other than the fact that they hang around. And it's a gritty, gritty Bobcat team that is playing their best basketball right now. But uh, they've got their hands full of Pocatello. Definitely. Okay, we're running a little long, Scott. So very quickly, very quickly break down this Jerome Moscow 3-6 matchup for me. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, this is another interesting matchup, and I'll, I'll be really quick with this one. Uh, first of all, fun fact, 
Moscow coach Josh Urig and Jerome coach Joe Messick kind of grew up together. Uh, both are Shoshone Indian graduates. <laughs> and uh, even though Coach Messick is just a little bit over, older, they're great friends. Um, and uh, they're, they're just really good guys. So let's talk about Jerome for a minute. 22 and 2. We talked about Middleton just a second ago. Maybe they lost their swagger a little bit. Jerome went through the same thing when they got hit in the mouth by Burley in the district tournament. And uh, can they get it back? That's the question because this Jerome team is dangerous. They can put five guys on the floor that, uh, that can score, and they haven't lost on the road all year. Both of their losses were at home. Hillcrest and Middleton are the only other two that can say that. So they travel really, really well. They've got the third-best scoring defense in the tournament uh, as well, led by Mikey Lloyd, uh, who's averaging 16 points, Scotty Cook, 13 points, Gavin Capps, 11 points, uh, Skyler Maurer and, and Colton Ellison, lockdown defenders. They're just really, really good. If they have a weakness right now, it's going to be, can they get their swagger back? And they don't have a lot of depth. And that's going to be maybe something that's going to play a part in the in the tournament. Um, but we'll see. You know, Jerome's gone 35 years without a state title. That's the longest drought of any team in the tournament. So Moscow, really quickly, 15 and nine, number six seed. But again, don't let that fool you because of their 24 games this year, only six were against 4A opponents. Lakeland twice, Sandpoint four times, and they won all six of those. So you never know what you get out of the North. This Moscow team is good. They may be the best shooting team in the tournament because they flat out shoot the basketball, and they live and they die by the three-point shot, which makes them dangerous. They can beat anybody, but if they're not hitting, they can lose to anybody, um, and they're deep. And they play nine dudes. They get up and down the floor. They shoot the ball in transition. They are a spectator's fun game to watch because they get up and down and they shoot. Jamari Simpson, 12 points a game, uh, excellent scoring point guard. Braden Bowen, 13 points, shooting 43% from beyond the arc. Uh, and when I say they shoot the three, they are averaging 25 three-point shots per game. I mean – this is a team that is just going to live and die beyond the arc. It's going to be it's going to be a fun game, for sure. Cool Cat says, "Great insights, insights, Scott. Learning a lot. Hey, if you liked what Scott had to say, hit that like button. If you're watching the video, uh, that helps us out uh, with our numbers on social media and the algorithms and all that fun stuff too. Okay, one word answer here, Scott. Brad wants to know who wins four A. Hillcrest. Okay, I'll say Middleton. So." Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. I, I, I'll fill out my bracket. We'll compare, but I think it's going to be a Hillcrest uh, against, I'm going to say Hillcrest against Pocatello in the final. Okay. Right. My, drone, my drone peeps are going to kill me because I can't say that or I'd be homering. Right. I'll say Jerome over Hillcrest. How's that? Yep. Sean Kane <laughs> says, wow. I don't know if that was for you or me, but we'll say, we'll say it was for you. <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for tuning into our 4A preview. Thanks for hanging with us a little long. And uh, Brad, Brad says, wow, wow, too. Everybody, boy, Scott. <laughs> I don't know if those are good or bad. I mean, I don't either. No, no <laughs> clarification there. Scott Burton is going to be broadcasting the 4A state basketball tournament uh, for us on idahosports.com. Thanks for stopping by, Scott. We appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. All right. Uh, Nick, Nick Newbury, real quick. Jerome for the W. Terrible burden. <laughs> I know, I know. They're my Jerome guys piping in. I shouldn't have ever said anything because they're I, I'm sorry. You know I can't do that. Okay, right? and here's here's a wow for me. Sean says wow to the Middleton pick. He thinks Hillcrest. So okay. 
There you go. I think it's Hillcrest to lose, but I wouldn't be surprised if Pocatello won, if Jerome won, if Middleton won. It's open. It's open it's, for business. It's wide, it's wide open. It, it truly is wide open, I promise. No doubt. All right, our 3A preview coming up next. Thanks for all the 3A fans for, for being patient with us and, and as we ran a little long on the 4A. We're going to take a quick break and bring in Lance Taylor next to break down this 3A field. You're watching the IdahoSports.com 2022 State Boys Basketball Live Preview Special on IdahoSports.com. If you're like me, you love the outdoors. There's adventures to have and new paths to explore. That's why you need to be focused and engaged when you're on the road. You have more footprints to leave and more trails to take. When it comes to distracted driving, well, that's just not going to happen on my Squatch. Don't let it happen on yours either. Wait a minute, what do you mean by outdoors? Back on our IdahoSports.com live state basketball preview. Joined now by Lance Taylor. Lance, you need to unmute. Let me see. Unmute your mic. Lance, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, you're good. Yep, I can hear good. you. Can you hear me? Yes. First question, Lance. How did you get from that Sasquatch commercial to the front of your computer so quickly? Well, I'll <laughs> tell you. I shaved my back and then ran in front of the computer. Hey, I just got to say one thing to Scott. I've been yeah. inviting Scott for years down to you know come fishing down here with me. We'll take the drift boat out. Uh, on the Snake River, but after his fun fact comment, I don't know if I can do that. That's a Paul. That, that's a a, a Paul Blart Mall Cop uh, statement. Fun fact. So, uh, Scott, you are now Paul Blart and Iffy on the invite. All right. Well, only unfun facts here as we get ready for our three A preview. Uh, and again, we want your questions, comments, shout outs live. Shout out your favorite team, your favorite player. Ask Lance a question about this 3A field. And right off the bat, <laughs> we've got uh, Amber and Lindsey Green. What do y'all think about McCall Donnelly? They got all the way to the championship last year, Lance, and they come in highly touted once again. If we look at this bracket overall, First year that it's seeded according to Max Preps. That's players to watch. Hold on. Let me make sure I got the right thing up here. Uh, they come in as uh, the number two seed overall as we uh, look here. And they're going to take on Sugar Salem right away. What do you think of that first-round matchup, Lance? Well, McCall is a very good team. I mean, uh, you know, you got DJ Green returning from last year. And, and a lot of people, you know, you're used to having the state championship team have you know, uh, the MVP on that. Green was actually our MVP of the tournament last year uh, as myself and and Alec Pope did the 3A tournament. And I mean, he was just so impressive as an individual last year in the tournament, leading his team in their first year up to 3A uh, to that state championship game. McCall is a very, very good team. He's got pieces around him as well. He's the only one that averages in double figures at 18, uh, just a little over 18 points a game. Uh, but McCall, I expect them, them to be quite impressive at this tournament. All right. Uh, cool cat comes in with a co comment. Sugar Salem is a sneaky pick in three A, playing much better lately. the The problem is Lance is it was hard to get a read on them because the, their district was a little down this year overall. Well, it was, and the way Sean Freeman plays his teams is a little bit different. What he does is he uses a 
big, large rotation during the regular season. So if you got 12 guys on that roster, they're all pretty much just rotating in and out the entire game. They don't have a player on their team that's averaging in double digits. Uh, uh, Toby Pinnock is their leading scorer, uh, you know, and then you got, uh, you know, a couple behind them uh, that are, you know, in the eights and so forth. But but what happens is, and and in the three state championship years, you got to remember they've been, they've won three state championships in the last five years. In those years, one of the things that, uh, that, that he did was he didn't always have the glossiest regular season record but what he does is he knows exactly which groups play the best together and then he tightens that rotation up come uh, district and state time and it has paid off definitely and hey all you 3a fans that are watching this live stream on the idahosports.com youtube channel facebook page or twitter account as you're sitting there just hanging out uh hit that like button that's going to help us out a lot and that's going to help all the fans that couldn't be here live tonight find this video tomorrow because you know, Facebook back in their secret vault, however they determine what gets pushed to the top of your news feed. The more likes, the more engagements, the more shares. Uh, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. Uh, that'll help us out a ton as well because we want as many people as possible to um, to see this. So let's bring in a couple comments here uh, from Shannon. She says, go Eagles, Marsh Valley Eagles. Isaac Bowman says, the Valley. I'm assuming that's Marsh Valley. Uh, let's talk about Marsh Valley. They're the defending 3A state champions, Lance, and they are the number one seed coming into this tournament. They're taking on Bonners Ferry, the champs from up north. Well, I'll just get it out of the way right now. Marsh Valley is my pick to win this tournament. Uh, so, so I'm just going to get it out of the way. I think Marsh Valley is one of the top five teams in the state of Idaho, period, any school size. Uh, they are fantastic. One of the things you got to remember is they played Orem High School earlier this year. Orem High School out of Utah and Orem, uh, who hit the top 20 in the nation at one time during the season this year, beat them by, I think, 12. You know, they knocked off Hillcrest by over 20. Uh, Orem did or close to 20, I should say. Uh, Marsh Valley is a very good team. I think I think if Marsh Valley plays their best, that their best is better than anybody else's best in the 3A. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't be beat, but... A lot more stars have to align uh, for other schools than have to align for Marsh Valley to win this tournament. That's how good Marsh Valley is. I mean, you look at some of their guys, uh, you, you know, you look at Carter Howell, Peyton Howell, uh, Hunter Roche, Hunter, of course, is our quarterback as well. Peyton Howe, who's a senior as a sophomore, was our defensive player of the tournament uh, in the state tournament that year. A fantastic uh, athlete overall. But one thing you will notice about Marsh Valley, they know absolutely and exactly who they are and more importantly they know who they are not and they stick to the things of what they are they are so tough and there is not a player on that team who can't shoot once they cross half court now obviously that's exaggerating a little bit but you get the point they're a shooting team they can make it work they are just very very good yeah, if we look at their uh, side of the bracket, they've got Fruitland and Kimberly as well. I want to swing back down to the bottom half of that bracket, though, because we had a question come in from Devin, and he says, what do you think about – actually, before we get to, to Homedale, we'll talk about Homedale in just a second, Devin. He's, he wants to know what we think about Homedale. Uh, JJ Volker says, shout-out to Tyler Caps and the Fruitland Grizz. Let's talk about Fruitland first because they are actually on the same side of the bracket as Marsh Valley. This 4-5. Fruitland and Kimberly. This is the toughest opening round matchup for me to gauge, Lance. What do you think? Well, I, I think it is. We'll talk mostly about Fruitland. Just to mention about Kimberly, 
Kimberly, uh, I believe, is the most athletic team in the tournament. Meaning, if I had to, you know, I'm a track guy as well. If I had to take these kids and put them on a track, they're my best athletes. They're a fantastic athletic bunch. But let's talk about Fruitland for just a minute. When you look at Fruitland, what are the places, when you look at the upper half of the bracket, where Marsh Valley could potentially get hurt? I don't see this happening, but if they could get hurt anywhere, it is that Marsh, Marsh Valley is not a super big team. So if Marsh Valley was off for any reason, if they had a struggle scoring, it is a potential that a team can step up and can out-rebound Marsh Valley and get some some putbacks. You look, you you know, you look at a Bauer. You look at at uh, you know Bauer at six eight, two hundred twenty five pounds, uh, averaging uh, you, you know double digits. Um, that is a that is a situation where if Marsh Valley was to get knocked off in the first round, I think the team that gives the best opportunity for that to happen would be Fruitland. Uh, Fruitland just has has that size. That again, if there's anything that you look at with Marsh Valley, it hasn't really been exploited. Uh, their their size, but if they were off, there is a potential that a team that's tall and big could step up, win that rebounding battle, and could potentially get up and steal a ball game. Yeah, three teams from District Three ended up making state: McCall, Donnelly, Fruitland, and Homedale. So here's Devin. He wants to know what do you think about Homedale? If we look at the bottom half of this bracket, Lance, this to me is kind of intriguing. Um, you've got Homedale as the sixth seed. They they're just solid athletes. They're they're tough physical kids and snake river is a team that i've had a hard time getting a grasp on because they play in the same league as marsh valley and sometimes they get overshadowed by the eagles but they're also a very solid team yeah yeah they always are every year you're in you're out when you look at homedale and you talk about their athleticism as well well you talk about jackson dines well where have you heard that before he was under center all year long uh you got mason strong there as well and where have you heard about hayden uh, uh kinslow you know, he was the one getting the handoffs from Jackson Dines all year long. This is a very athletic team. Uh, Keen Slow uh, uh, has a number of, of football offers as well. Not sure where he's going yet. Uh, but uh, th- again, this is another very athletic team. I don't think they have as much of an abil- ability to put high scores up on the board as some of the other teams do. You take a Marsh Valley, if they get hot, they can put up triple digits in a game. And that's, that's how good of shooters they are. I think Homedale is a team that's a little more like a Sugar Salem in a sense that that they've they've got to get out and they've got to use those athletes to defensively keep games under a certain amount of points. You know, if they can keep it under a certain amount of points, they have the firepower to put it in a game or I mean, to put, put it in the hole, you know, enough to win a ball game. But I think if games start getting up into 60s, 70s plus uh, Homedale and sugar falls into that as well, they might struggle to win a ball game at that. Yeah. Amber and Lindsey green say Fruitland and Homedale are scary teams. I agree. That bottom half of the bracket is very wild and unpredictable. I think yeah. Sven Elskog used to, used to be one of our own here at IdahoSports.com. How is oh, it? Oh, many a game with Sven. Hello, Sven. Yeah. 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 Your former broadcast partner back in the day, Sven. Um, so Sven is an all-star and there are also several all-stars competing at this tournament. Let's take a look at our three, a players to watch here, Lance. We picked one from each team, Ridge Williams, great guard for Bonners Ferry, yeah. Nolan Bauer. He, he's the biggest player on the tournament, right? Six yeah. foot eight for Fruitland Mason strong of Homedale, Good, solid athlete. Jackson bear 
might be the fastest player in, in the field for, for Kimberly. Peyton Howell, great point guard for Marsh Valley. DJ Green from McCall Donnelly, reigning 3A player of the year. Cole Gilbert of Snake River, solid yeah. athlete. He was the quarterback for their football team this year. And then Toby Pinnock underneath uh, the post big man for Sugar Salem. Uh, which names jump out to you on this sheet? Well, you look at Toby Pinnock from Sugar Salem. He's probably got the best moves I've ever seen for a big man. I shouldn't say ever seen for a big man, but at this level, his moves are fantastic. He's not super tall, uh, but he's big and he's able to get to get his way around there. But I think when you look at uh, when you look at Green from McCall Donnelly, uh, such a tremendous individual talent. Uh, others, uh, you know, have to step up around him as well. I believe they will. I believe Ethan Teeny's, uh, you know, uh, step up, have good games. Alex Johnson, uh, you know, Tate Ova. These are, these are some good players as well. But but Green is a uh, kind of an all-star among all-stars with this group as an individual talent. Very, very good. Uh, however, um, you, you know what, from a team standpoint, I, uh, boy, you look at Marsh Valley. They are just, they are just so good. And, you know, Peyton Howe, was a good pick there to, to talk about a player to watch. But you're also going to have to watch Carter Howell. You're going to have to watch Hunter Roche. You're going to have to watch a number of other players that can step up and can absolutely just hurt you so bad. I mean, they, they are literally one of those teams that you can think, hey, we're in this game. And two minutes later, after shock and awe, you're like, what in the heck just happened? You know, And you find yourself down by 15 to 20. Uh, they're that kind of a team. Yeah, too many great player, too many great players to list there on that graphic. Yeah. Valley Rodriguez says, "Let's go Fruitland." Shout out Eddie Rodriguez and Matt. Matt uh, Matthew Arnold says, "Don't sleep on McCall. They're scary good and show up when the games count. They certainly did last year uh, in a COVID shortened season." Uh, right. They, they ended up having uh, significantly fewer games than everybody else in the three A field. So one yeah, last yeah, they did. One last three A note before we wrap up here. Snake River got to give a shout out to Coach Robert Coombs. Picked up career win number 500 earlier this year. Kind of went under the radar a little bit, but man, that's an incredible career at Snake River and the Panthers are right back in the mix as well. So this is a 3A tournament that's going to be a lot of fun, Lance, and we appreciate you stopping by to break it all down for us as well. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Awesome. All you 3A fans, hopefully you stick around for our 2A conversation up next with Paul Kingsbury. If not, go ahead and hit that like button on the way out. That's going to really help us hey, out. I've, I've just got to give a little humility here for just a minute. I, I am <laughs> yeah. so used to being the best looking guy on these podcasts, you know. Uh, now, Scott gives me a run a little bit, but but I, but I now that Wayne DeZubak is here, I mean, Wayne is such a handsome man. And it just, you know, I'm, I'm having to eat a little crow here. Uh, I, I still might edge him by a little bit, but but Wayne, you know, wow. And I think it's because he married someone from Malad, my hometown, you know, and, and that has really kept him in the glow throughout his life. Just kidding, you guys. Uh, looking forward to seeing you all tomorrow. Well, the broadcasters get less handsome with each passing guest, which means it's time to pass the baton on to Paul Kingsbury for our oh. 2A state preview, which is coming up right after this break. You're watching the 2022 IdahoSports.com state basketball preview extravaganza. We'll be back right after this on IdahoSports.com. Every day, people are choosing to buy Idaho. It's an easy choice. There are quality Idaho-grown companies for almost any product or service you need. Buying Idaho means keeping our money in Idaho, and that boosts our local economy. If everyone living here just spent $100 with Idaho businesses, we would generate over $9 million in tax revenue to help improve our state. Look for the logo and help support our Idaho businesses. Because buy Idaho, builds Idaho. 
back on our IdahoSports.com state basketball preview special coming at you live on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. Thanks for being with us. We're breaking down the 2A state basketball tournament now, Brandon Bainey, with Paul Kingsbury. Let me unmute your mic there, Paul. And it says, I can't unmute your guest because they chose to mute themselves, Paul. Could you please unmute your mic? Some people might think it's better that way, but, you know. <laughs> You know, I, I got to tell Lance that was a, that was a really long way around to get uh, to get a shout out into Malad. I think that was it a was. long, windy road that was. Yeah. Well, Malad is not here for the two A state bracket, but man, there's a lot of good teams. And hey, yep. while you're watching this, if you want to give your favorite team or player a shout out, or you want us to answer a question, um, go ahead and just drop a comment in. And look at this right off the bat. We've got starting point guard for the St. Mary's Lumberjacks, Coleman Ross. St. Mary's is nice. They are. They're the defending 2A champs, Paul. First title since 1960 last year, trying to run it back in 2022. You know, that's right. And uh, they actually call Coleman the stash is his nickname. So I'm really looking forward to seeing, seeing if that's like 70s style or if, you know, if he, or if he can actually grow a good, good mustache. I'm, I'm really, you know, Magnum PI or, you know, 13 year old. Uh, fuzzy, you know, I'm, I'm not sure which one it's going to be right. Well, okay. Let's, let's pull up the two a bracket here. And again, as you're, as you're watching this preview here on idahosports.com, go ahead and hit that like button. That's going to help us out a ton. And Paul takes it really personally if you don't like it when he's on. So <laughs> I do. And, and he's the boss and I don't want to have to deal with that all week. So please hit that like button. That's going to help us out a ton. So here is the two a bracket. And we talked about St. Mary's, the defending yep. uh, state champs coming in. Um, they are the number three seed overall though. So yeah. uh, because of max preps rankings, right. That's been a talking point amongst the fans this year. Yeah. And, and you look at St. Mary's, uh, and, and look at their, their schedule, you know, their season schedule, they're nine to no, uh, against three, a and four, a schools in Northern Idaho. And they're the number three seed coming in. And, and, and we can say that with a couple of other teams that we'll talk about as well, where, uh, you know, their schedule was pretty strong as far as uh, who they played. Um, Melba was the same way, you know, 3A um, beat Weezer a couple times, beat South Fremont, beat Homedale, and they're the number four seed coming in. Um, so, again, and you can go to Idaho Sports, and there's a link on the homepage where Scott Burton actually broke down the max preps uh, rankings during football, um, and it, it explains it pretty well. So, But, you know, like a couple of the coaches told me this week, is it perfect? No. I mean, do we have a lot of – conference matchups in the beginning yeah we got melba ambrose you know west side bear lake this can be the fifth time for those two playing um coming up but is it better than it has been in the past with just that blind draw yeah yeah so coaches you know with anything with any change there's there's you know we like it we don't like it but i think overall um people people have to understand that it's a that it's a good change um you know hopefully we don't get those state championship matchups in the, in the quarterfinals anymore, at least not as often. I think that's really the goal, the goal behind this. For sure. So we just put, put the, the two, a bracket up on the screen and we've already got, I mean, the two, a fans on the girls preview show were by far the most vocal and that's playing out here in our boys preview yeah. as well. You, you might, you might say it's the two, a classification. I say it's you and me. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't have that large of an ego, Paul, but Chris Sand says go Jacks. And boy, we got all the St. Mary's lumberjacks in here. Look at this. Tristan Gentry, Nelson, Coleman Ross got the best stash in Idaho. So <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I think his name, nickname's what? Giraffe, Tristan? Is that right? You have to tell us how you got that. Well, he's 6'6", but you might have to tell us how you got Giraffe. I will say I covered the 2A state tournament last year in the best uh, the best feature I saw was Brett Stansel. He has since graduated. Man, he had a mullet that was on point. It looked it looked good. Did you so, have a mullet in high school, Brandon? You you were you went to school in Montana, right? Is it yes. like a requirement to have a mullet there? No, as you can see, I mean, I don't have much hair left. It was already on the way out by the time oh. I was in high school. So um let's let's get some of these other shout-outs in. St. Mary's All well right. represented as they should be. Uh, JJ Volkers says go Braden Volkers, B-Vokes number 24 and the Mustangs. Uh, Jammy says go North Fremont and uh, Justin and Jennifer Jacobson. Bear Lake is starting all underclassmen and all have dropped over 20 at different times. Yep. Definitely not the seven seed. Well, the problem with it, Bear Lake was, as we continue to look at that bottom half of the bracket, Paul, mm -hmm. St. Mary's against Firth, three and six, and then Westside and Bear Lake. The problem with Bear Lake was is they didn't have their entire starting five together until right. very late in the year. And so they, they played yep. a really tough schedule and were always shorthanded, it seemed like, and always came up just short. Now, they just got done beating Westside twice at districts. So even yeah. though they're the seven and Westside's the two, what do you think? Are the Bears the favorite in this rematch? Uh, possibly. I mean, yeah, Bear Lake had a lot of injuries and they weren't really healthy until mid to late January. After January, I think it was 27th, they went eight and one. Um, and, and so they're on the upswing, you know, and, and you want to be playing your best basketball end of the season, into districts, into the state tournament. Having your guys come back healthy can almost – give you an advantage um, where, where teams overlook you. And so coming into the state tournament, yeah, Bear Lake coming in with, uh, with healthy guys, you know, Shaw and Crane, you know, these guys can score points. They can get up and down the floor. Uh, you know, of course, Carlson, he knows what he's doing. He's been there 14 years and a couple state championships. And, and so, yeah, I, I think Bear Lake has the potential um, to, to surprise some people, whether they surprise West side. I don't know. You and I watched a pretty good West side team last Saturday, in that playing game against Napa Christian at Burley and uh shirtlift just absolutely went off. I mean, he had what 35 points. And so he had 60% of the points that day. Um, and he was just everywhere. And when I mean everywhere, he actually came up to the broadcast afterwards and said, Hey, thanks for coming. So we always appreciate that. Yeah. The West side, uh, the, their athletes are always so well behaved and, and yeah. uh, they're great men, uh, not just great athletes. Um, West side, that's my big question is who, who else steps up besides Bryther shirtlift because at state last right. year, they never had that second banana emerge and shirtlift did a lot, but it wasn't enough. And they went to and out. So that's going to be, uh, interesting there. Top half of the bracket. Wyatt Helm says Melba is tough. Joe Reber might be the best athlete and player in two a, uh, Melba was, you know, last year at state, they were a little bit banged up. Uh, Joe Reber ended up hurting his elbow well, at state, or at a pretty state. nasty fall. I was, I was there for that at Eagle last year. And, uh, yeah, he went up, I think it was a dunk and just kind of swung under and, and badly dislocated that elbow. It was, uh, it was pretty gnarly to watch. And, you know, about three months later, he was back to good health hundred percent this summer. So he's, you know, he's, he came back this year, you know, averaging 20 points, almost 10 boards. So, uh, he, he came back. Okay. Yeah, and, and last year at State as well, Cash Buse uh, as a freshman was starting for them, and he kind of very quietly uh, had uh, 
like a broken toe or something with his foot and kind of played through it. So he was impacted. So, so Melba, I think is coming to state this year with unfinished business. Unfortunately, they have to play Ambrose, their, their rivals right away in that four or five matchup. And Ambrose, of course they, they have unfinished business too. Uh, they got all the way to the championship last year and lost to St. Mary's uh, in a, in a tight game that wasn't decided until the final minute. Right. This is by far, I think the best matchup of any classification on opening day. If you're going to pick one game to go to or tune into on IdahoSports.com, Melba Ambrose to me is the game. Oh, hundred percent. And they know each other. They're both from that WIC, a very tough conference. And the last game either one played was against each other. And, you know, Ambrose lost that one to Melba. Um, and so coming in, they, they have a lot of chips on those shoulders between the state tournament last year, between playing a, a conference rival to start the state tournament. You know, in Idaho's, you know, we talked about this before, is you lose on day one, you have no chance for the blue trophy. You can't come back the other way. And so winning day one is so vitally important, and day two, obviously. But for the morale and, and psyche, boy, winning that opener is, is going to be tough. For both of them, and I think you're right. I, I actually have this one marked as uh, probably the probably the best game of the day in the two way, and maybe most of the other classifications. For sure, a little more love for uh, Braden Volkers, number 24 B Volks. Yep. Let's go, Mustangs. Um, Volkers, let me throw this in there. Volkers, if yeah. he gets hot, he can shoot. He's well over 40 percent from the three point uh, line. So he gets hot. That's gonna uh, that's gonna carry them a long way. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's take a look at uh, the the final matchup up top. Uh, that is North Fremont coming in as the number one seed. And, of course, they yeah. the, the theme of this tournament, Paul, is unfinished business because North Fremont, of course, lost to St. Mary's last year in that legendary semifinal game yeah. where Colby Renner, uh, you know, I don't think he ever has to buy uh, a meal in the town of St. Mary's ever again, because of that incredible shot he hit at the end of that semifinal game last year. Oh, they, they actually call him logo Larry now because of that. Um, you were on the call, I believe. And, and boy, it'd be, it'd be great if we could actually pull up some audio of that call. Do we have that? Yes. Now I'm going to warn people. I get very excited and very loud. So you may want to just turn the volume down just a touch but here is that that play from last year's semifinal between St. Mary's and North Fremont. So Ross will inbound on the far sideline for St. Mary's. Sands, Renner, Bechtel, and Eli Gibson. You got to think they're going to try and get it to Eli Gibson here. Six tenths of a second left. St. Mary's down one. They get it to Renner. Shot at the horn. It's in! It's in! Oh my goodness! Colby Renner, the big man, hits the three as time expires. And St. Mary's wins 45 to 43. And there is a mob at center court. Yeah, so that was, uh, <laughs> you know, I. Who won? I, I couldn't understand. Who won that game? Again? Yes, St. Mary's. It was incredible. And then Colby Renner came up and did the post-game interview with us um, as well. And he was he was so funny in the moment uh, to, to crack a joke. He said, yeah, you know, I was pretty much uh, option number five uh, <laughs> out of five on that play with an inbounder. Uh, they threw the ball into me and probably were like, oh, my God, why did I throw it to him? <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, it was incredible. And with point six on the clock, I mean, that, that, that's the uh... – you know, that, that's the shot you talk to your grandkids about, you know, yeah. it's uh, fantastic. I think, I think it's great when that stuff happens. That's what state tournaments are all about. And, uh, and that's why, that's why I think everybody loves uh, state tournament basketball. Yeah, for sure. Jared Badgett, logo Larry is tough and Scott Burton. Well done, Peter Brady. That's to me. 
because I wow. Because <laughs> did, did you get my, that reference, Brandon? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, all right, I, I do. Yeah, Brandon's a young guy. Yeah, you know he's, he's just a kid. It was the most incredible play I've ever seen in all of my years of uh, broadcasting. Chris Sands, money, and and they're hoping those St. Mary fans are hoping they get that magic formula again. But yeah. North Fremont, back to our original point. Yep. They they were undefeated last year, defending state champs, uh, two time state champs, uh, yep. and they they got knocked out. And they come in as the number one seed this year, and they're back for revenge. Yeah, you know, six of the of the teams on the bracket were on the bracket last year, and North Fremont coming in, you know, they were back to back, hoping for that three peat, and it gets ruined by a last second, you know, almost half court shot by the big guy. I mean, that's that's a tough pill to swallow, it's, and and they had one loss on the year, and that was it. That's that's tough for them. And they ended up getting third place, um, but that's you know the the green trophy is definitely not or the red I think red red or green it's definitely not the one they wanted to bring home uh, you know to Ashton. So you know coming out this year, um, yeah they've got again one of those teams with a big chip on their shoulder. They want to come out, they want to play hard, and they have to play hard from the get go. And going up against a Valley Viking team who on paper yeah they're the number eight seed coming in, but they're they're actually better than their record indicates. You know, they're in a three-team conference and they were the number three seed. They beat Declo, the number one seed, a couple of times in districts. But each one of those teams only beat each other by one or two the whole season. Wendell beat them by a last second shot um earlier in the season. So that one, two, three in districts really didn't mean a whole lot. And so Valley comes out with you know, a couple of good kids, Kyle Christensen, Jaden Johnson, those guys can put up a lot of points. You know, they average, you know, double figure points and, and, uh, and in, into the rebounds, but I, it's going to be tough for Valley, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, North Fremont coming in definitely can't overlook um, Valley thinking, okay, we, we just have to, we just have to think about who we're going to play Friday night. Is it going to be Melba or Ambrose? Cause they, they do need to take that Viking team seriously. Yeah, Brian Hardy, head coach there, uh, longtime girls coach. He's yep. been to state a lot over the years. Good Real dude. quick before we duck out, Paul, let's take a look at our 2A players to watch. We picked one from each team, and again, this is not a final list by any means, just a starting point, but we've got Johnny Sugarman, the great point guard for Ambrose, the son yep. of head coach Ken Sugarman. He's such a smooth ball handler. Brady Shaw from Bear Lake, he was the hero. He, he hit the game-winning shot in overtime to beat Westside in the district championship. Burton Park from Firth, great athlete, great speedster, and, and a good guard. Joe Reber from Melba we talked about. Jordan Lenz is a great point guard for North Fremont. Yep. Tristan Gentry Nelson of St. Mary's, we gave him a shout-out earlier. Uh, Kyle Christensen leads Valley. And then Bryler Shirtliff from, from Westside we talked about as well. Who stands out to you here yep. on this list? Go ahead and leave those up. You know, we're talking about Jordan Lentz, 20 yeah. points a game, two-time state player of the year. Uh, you look at Sugarman. Sugarman, three-time first-team all-conference, all-state, over 1,000 points in his career. Now, his teammate, Hudson Hughes, also a three-time all-conference player, also over 1,000 points. So you got two players uh, for Ambrose with over 1,000 points in their career. They can score. You look at Kyle Christensen uh, from Valley, kind of the same way. He's, uh, you know, he's got 14 points a game, 11 boards a game. Uh, but Sugarman and and uh, Hughes, if they come out and play tough and play hard, again, we're going to go back and say that that Melba Ambrose game might be, you know, the game of, you know, it could end up being the game of the tournament 
based on who uh, who gets into the uh, the championship game on Saturday. But top to bottom, I'm uh, I'm actually really looking forward to this two way tournament. It could be you know four A is going to be good as well. Um, but but I'm really looking at and I might be biased because I'm I'm going to be there at Capital. Um, but I'm really looking forward to the two way tournament. And if and if you're watching this and and uh, and you go to Capital, come up and say hi. Uh, you know we'd love to talk to you and and you know say hi and and uh, get to know you. Um, so yeah. Swing on up at Capitol High School. They always treat us so well there. I love going to Capitol High School. No doubt. The 2A tournament was the best last year between St. Mary's win over North Fremont and the championship yep. was super close, wasn't decided till the final minute. And even those consolation battles were really good. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be the same thing again this year. Thank you for hanging out with us on our 2A portion of the preview for state basketball 2022. If you're going to hang out through the 1As, awesome. If you just wanted to hang around for the 2A conversation, that's cool too. That's why we broke yeah. it up into segments. Hit that like button on the way out though. That's really going to help us out um, for people that want want to watch this tomorrow and maybe even Thursday. They're going to find it a lot easier because our Facebook overlords uh, like it when you like things. So <laughs> if you can go ahead and like this uh, video and then share it as well, uh, that would help out a ton. So Paul Kingsbury, thank you for breaking down the 2A bracket. We're looking forward to your coverage on IdahoSports.com all weekend long. Been a blast. Thanks, Brandon. All right, our 1A D1 preview with Logan Green on the way next. You're watching the 2022 IdahoSports.com Boys Basketball State Tournament Preview Special. We'll be back right after this. The first step, the handholds, the new schools and the new everything. 12 years of teachers and meetings and paperwork. Nobody told you about the forms it takes to raise a kid. All the rides to here and there. The best friends and old friends and parents of friends who you'll see in five years in the grocery store and still remembers that kid's mom. It's all flown by and you did it. You did all the steps. And your last step is there next. That's why we created Next Steps, where all the post-high school options available to Idaho teens and their parents are in one place. Easy steps you can offer that help them find their future. Whatever that may be. All right. Instead of uh, taking myself out, let's let's add in Logan Green. Welcome back to our 2022 state basketball preview special here on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. As you are uh, hanging out tonight and uh, watching this, uh, go ahead and hit that like button. That's greatly appreciated. Uh, that helps us out uh, in terms of sharing this tomorrow. Go ahead and share this as well with all your family and friends if they weren't able to make it live tonight. A lot of stuff going on. I guess Boise State's playing tonight or something. And I don't know, President Biden is on as well, talking uh, State of the Union address. So people are going to come back tomorrow and maybe even Thursday to watch this. So if you hit that like button, that's going to help us out a ton. Um, and also while you're here and you want us to break down a 1AD1 team or a player, you want to give a shout out, drop it in the comments and we'll throw it up on the screen. Uh, Logan Green uh, with Brandon Bainey, you and I are going to be broadcasting the 1AD1 state tournament. I'm excited. Yeah, we got to do the, uh, the girls tournament together. Well, half of it until, you know, I had to dip out and have a baby, but you know, no big deal there. Um, but it, it should be fun. Um, you know, you break down all these brackets and you say, you know, who could be a dark horse to win this championship? I think of all of the brackets that um, this one is, is Lapway. Um, and yeah. I mean, that's no disrespect, but my goodness, they, it was mentioned earlier, a top 10 max preps team. Um, this is a team that could beat anybody at any level. They have beaten 
other, you know, they, they've beaten 5A teams. I, I just don't know at this point is anybody, I think the name of the game is who can compete with Lapway and who has the possibility of tripping them up at this point, because that is the daunting task that every single team has, knowing that if I win, eventually I'm going to meet Lapway in this tournament, and, and they are a juggernaut right now, just clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, for sure. This is Lapway's tournament, no doubt. A couple of late comments trickling in here. Todd, go North Fremont Huskies from our 2A preview. No doubt they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, JJ Volker's big Melba fan. Love the prep cast. Thanks for everything, Idaho Sports. Thank you, JJ. We really appreciate it. Uh, Nick Newbury. You guys are great. Need to outbid NFHS when the rights come up again. That's another topic for another day, but thank you, Nick. <laughs> we appreciate that. Um, all right. Brandon. Yeah, Hayden. I think it was J- Volkers that got us those. I need to give it to you, Brandon. I'll give it yes. to you on Thursday. Got some Melba swag. So I've been, I rock my Melba shirt around the house and I got a couple of shirts this year. I, I saw that uh, Ryan got a Lapway hoodie and yeah, uh up north yep uh lapway fans you know wink wink here i'm just kidding i'm just kidding but uh it's always great to get i love supporting the schools in any way i can out and about but yeah okay. it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a fun tournament um lapway super athletic um they might be the most fun team to watch in idaho and i know anybody that shows up to that tournament or tunes in and listens to it is going to be in for a treat if they've never seen Lapway before, if they've never heard them, never watched them, I think it's going to be a fun experience for all of them. Okay. So here's the question from Brandon Higgins. Lapway's rank among the whole state. They've already beaten two 5A teams this year, Coeur d'Alene and Lewiston. They're undefeated. They are on a 33-game winning streak dating back to last year. That is uh, top 10 in the nation right now, according to Max Preps. Uh, they're still a ways off from their own record. Lapway set the Idaho record of 81 consecutive wins back in the day, but the, that's what they're aiming for. You know, talk figure that it's Lapway that already has that record, right? It's, I you know, know, right. Um, I, I think the big matchup everybody wanted to see this year was Lapway and Lake City, right? Those are the two big dogs yeah. at North Lake City, a 5A program. You know, talking to Lapway's coach, Zachary Eastman, they already played each other in the summer league. You know, they played all these 5A schools in the summer, and that's how that regular season game with Coeur d'Alene actually made it on the schedule. They played Coeur d'Alene in summer ball, got a lot of buzz between the players, and they said, you know, we should do this for real in the regular season, and that's how that came together. So, you know, Lapway, definitely top three. Hawaii and and Lake City are so good, but, you know, I'd put them up there for sure. I think they would 100% belong in the 5A semifinals, 100%. I think they would fit in. I think they would win. You, If you threw them in, like you said, anywhere except playing the, maybe Hawaii and Lake City in the first round of the 5A, they're going to win. And I, I, I we, we want to see it. <laughs> I think it's, I, it's bad. We want to see it. I would love to see them. Let's just, let's laugh away. Y'all just hang tight at the Idaho Center. And, uh, and after everybody leaves, we'll just play an unsanctioned night game between the 5A champs, and we'll settle it for real out there on the court um, once we're all done. Uh, we, we, we could find an outside court if we need to. Um, but, man, but you know, look at the other teams here. You look down at the bottom half of the bracket uh, with Kamei, and they are a team that can hang with Lapway. They have been right there neck and neck with them earlier in the season. They did fall to them every time they played. I mean, but who didn't? But Kamei was right there in a couple of those games. 
uh, late in those games. They were in it in the fourth quarter of that first, second matchup. Can't remember which one it was, but they were there. And I think Kamiai, in the back of their mind, they're the one, they know that they can compete with them. Um, Lapway have said, well, they like playing Kamiai. I think Kamiai is the one that gives them challenges and they know each other well. You know, those kids also are playing each other summer ball, you know, here and there. I, I just think. If anybody's going to stop Lapway, it's going to be that Kamei squad. So watch out for them. Should be fun to see how they can – if they can get there, though, you look at that the bracket there, a couple of other great teams, including Grace, which Grace is a team that has not lost to a 1A team all season. They, they, they I thought they did a fantastic thing late in the season. Grace scheduled that non-conference game with Skyline. They, they lost it, but I think it was good. They were on a roll – Grace to that point had had won like something like sixteen in a sixteen of the past seventeen. If you take out that skyline game, and they had been over twenty points a game, they just nobody was on there. Almost like you you say that with with Lapway right in District Two that who's on their level and Grace really nobody was, and so they had to go outside it and get a little more competition, which I thought was fantastic. Get that in scheduled so that when you get to state tournament and you see a potential. Kamii or Lapway that you're going to be ready for it. So kudos to Grace for going out and doing that and kind of buffering themselves, getting ready for the state tournament this week. For sure. All right, Logan, we got a ton of comments coming in here. Kenny 04, I really hope you hung through because he was he was asking all sorts of questions about Kamii, but it was during the 2A segment. We weren't blowing you off. We just wanted to wait till the 1AD too. So he said, Kamii underrated as F as fun. Uh, no, no love for Kamii. And, uh, Kamii underrated. So Kenny 04, I agree. The one team, because I've talked to seven of the eight coaches for this tournament, Logan, the one team that said we want Lapway is Kamii. Yeah. Their coach, Aaron Skinner, said that, you know, we played them twice in the regular season and both times we we were there at halftime. And in the first game, you know, they were only down single digits, you know, into the fourth quarter. And and he said, you know, Lapway is so explosive offensively, they can score in bunches. And once we knew we weren't going to make the comeback, I emptied my bench and got my younger guys playing. Yeah. Time. So the final scores aren't indicative of that talent. It's the total opposite. Lapoy wants to get out and run and play offense. Uh, I asked uh, Coach Skinner about his style of play, and he said, it's not one that's fun to watch. <laughs> Our fans say it's pretty boring. We grind teams out. We keep it in the 30s and 40s. He learned that from Ryan Ball. Uh, who's been a longtime coach up north. He's at Potlatch now. And so that's the kind of their identity. They like slowing it down, grinding it out, and they've got the guys to do that. Yeah, and that's, like you said, two contrasting styles where Lapway is going to run and gun it. Lapway put up 110 points in a game against Prairie this year. Like that, I mean, you think about that. College teams don't usually score 100 points, and they did it with with eight less minutes. Uh, extremely impressive. Um, but like you said, I think – Kamii has a good shot at, at least getting to the state tournament or state championship. And then you just never know what can happen there. We have seen David beat Goliath many times in many different sports around the world. And it can happen if you don't come out with your best self. And one of those key players, you look, you know, David Colt for, uh, for Kamii, six foot five freshman. He's been guarding the big guys all season long. And he's just been growing. And you think about that, you've got a freshman. They start a freshman and two juniors. So three of their starting five are, are going to be back next year. This is a Kamii team that will probably be – they're going to be right back in this conversation next year. So look out for them in this. I, I just think that – I think Kamii has a good shot to get back, and, and we'll see. 
Yeah, uh, David Clute, the son of uh, football coach uh, Nels Clute, uh, good overall athlete. Okay, you were talking about Grace. I think a lot of people think Grace is the other team that could get to state from that bottom half of the bracket, although we've got a player in the house here, Luke Thomas from Liberty Charter. He says, Liberty (laughs) Charter with the upset. We would would love to see it. And, you know, if anybody – if Liberty Charter is going to pull off uh, an upset, you know, Dallin Criddle's got to be on top of his game. He – he might be one of the funnest players I saw play all season. We saw him at the small school showcase back in man December. It's a long time ago. And uh, just heck of a player. He is fun to watch. When he steps out there, you just look at him and you say, yeah, he's a ball player. And Dallin Criddle, if he is hot, you never know. Um, and, and they can put up points too. Uh, right now, Liberty Charter is on fire. They've won 12 in a row. Their last loss was the opening game of the conference season to to Rimrock the sixth seed. So there might not be a hotter team right now than Liberty Charter coming in on a roll. Uh yeah. I mean yeah. Dallin Criddle's averaging 20.7 rebounds a game. And you know playing in March, whether it's college basketball, high school basketball, it's all about key players stepping up in March. And Dallin Criddle, he's one of those guys that can step up and pull a big upset. And hey, I'd love to see it. I love Cinderella. I want to see it happen. It would be it'd be awesome. No, no doubt. Um, so that, yeah, that bottom half of the bracket could be Liberty charters. They come in on this big win streak talking to their coach, Scott McConnell. He said the big change was early on in the season, guys got caught in the trap of basically standing around and watching Dallin Criddle do everything, do his thing. Coach McConnell said, Hey, look, we can't win with one guy. We, we need five. And so once those complimentary players starting getting more comfortable and trusting each other and uh, they, they've really taken off. And so, yeah, Liberty Charter is, is going to be a fun team uh, to keep an eye on for sure. Ryan West says somebody beat Lapway. I don't think so. Well, you know, I, I never say never, but I agree. It's going to be very difficult. This is a Lapway team. It would, it would be monumental. It might yeah. be like his, a, a historic upset if it happens. Like it would, it, they'd make a movie about it. So if you want a Disney movie about you, come out, come down here and beat Lapway, and and I, hopefully we get in the movie, Brandon. That would be awesome. Um, but you know, yeah. you look at the other teams. Rimrock also, they're going to be, they're going to give Grace a good game. I don't know if anybody knows this, but Rimrock they beat Hawaii this year. I mean, Hawaii, Nevada. But you know, let forget that part. Just forget that they're from Nevada, and you can you could say we beat Hawaii, right? <laughs> that we we won't tell. Um, but well, Rimrock came in, they blew through their conference season undefeated up until that final game of the year where they got knocked down by Liberty Charter in the, in the district championship. So they're a team that's been used to winning all season long, and that's contagious. You know, you come out and you expect to win, and they're a team that could give Grace a hard time in that game. I, I think Grace comes away with it, but I think like that comment said, that grace Cameo game might be the best game of the tournament for sure. Definitely Jody Reeves with, with the comment there. Um, Rimrock, they played that game with Hawaii because their coach, Aaron Hall, that's where he's from. He's from Hawaii, uh, Nevada. Um, I was talking to him and it's the first time Rimrock's been to state since 2008. And he was kind of asking around and he said, from what he kind of heard, it's like the third time in school history that Rimrock is at state. And he said, we've been the league doormat for so long, you know, four years ago, they were, they went winless. They were 0-19, and then, you know, they won yeah. like two games, and then they won like seven. And so the turnaround in four years at Rimrock has been really fun to watch. Um, 
and before the season, Brandon, we were talking about it being Victory Charters League, like, you know, Victory Charter, Victory Charter, and then all of a sudden, they're not even here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Rimrock. They came through and blew through the season. Yeah. So congrats to Rimrock for getting there. That's got to be fun for those folks. For sure. And and Coach Hall also said, you know, we want to represent District 3. You know, District 3 historically has not done well at State. And he said, you know, we're tired of the White Pine League. <laughs> we're tired of those guys up north winning everything all the time. So that's going to be uh, interesting for sure. Let's take a look at our 1A D1 players to watch real quick here. Um, again, this is uh, just a starting point, not uh, an exhaustive list by any means. Cabin Mercer from Kamiyai. Cubs fans will recognize the Mercer name immediately. Cabin is the youngest son of Jeff Mercer. Um, the Mercer family, uh, you know, uh, Fred Mercer was the longtime coach, legendary coach there. They were all great players. Cabin Mercer is the last Mercer male to come through the school. This basketball family that's just been so awesome for, you know, 25 plus years. He's the last one unless Cabin or, you know, his brother decided to come back in 25, 30 years and have their kid <laughs> also attend Kamii. So that's a storyline to keep an eye on. Gray Gibbs from Grace. He's got some size and, and some athletic ability. Uh, it was hard to pick one from Lapway. We chose Titus Year out. He's the senior. He's going to uh, play for the Idaho Vandals next year. And he expects to be in the mix right away for the Vandals. No red shirt, nothing like that. We talked about Dallin Criddle from Liberty Charter. Clay Silva from Lighthouse Christian. First Lion in school history to be selected for the Idaho All-State All-Star Game coming up the week after state. Will Casebolt from Logos. He was the hero for the Knights. He hit the game-winning three with four seconds left to beat Lakeside in that play-in game. Peyton Beck from Oakley. Really cool story there. His dad is the coach, Cody Beck. Uh, Peyton, of course, was the starting quarterback on Oakley's state championship football team this fall. He was diagnosed with diabetes at the start of the football season. And so he and his family have kind of been learning how to manage diabetes while also playing two sports at a very high level. And Gus Black from Rimrock, 6'3", good forward. He's a solid player as well. So that's just a, a sampling of the players that are going to be on display. It's easy to get lost up in, in the Lapway stuff because it's yeah. not just Titus year out. It's Case Why Not. It's Terrell Ellenwood-Jones. It's A.J. Ellenwood. It's uh, right. Mason Brown. It's Elias year out. It's, it's all of these tremendous talented players. But there are good players from every school here, Logan. Yeah, and you know we didn't even hit really on that that Oakley squad much at all. But man, they're they're just they have athletes too. That my goodness, you just never know when those guys get on the court, right? You know, you've got Peyton Beck, uh, Isaac Cranny. You just you just never know. Like those are great football names for Oakley. They are champions in football. We'll see how that can translate uh, over to the basketball court if they meet Lapway in the second round, or how they they'll be able to handle that first round matchup that they have. But, you know, th- there's just a lot of good players in this tournament that, you know, unfortunately might get overshadowed by just how good Lapway is. Yeah, and we just saw a comment here from Jeremiah. Why not? Titus Yearout will hit 2,000 career points at State. Talking to Coach Eastman this week, you know, he said Titus, his scoring has actually gone down with each of, of subsequent year. He led the State in scoring as a sophomore. Ironically enough, Case Why Not, a sophomore on this year's Lapway team, leads the State in scoring right around 26 points per game. Um, but Titus, as he got older and started to develop more of those point guard skills and be, became a better uh, distributor of the basketball, his scoring went down to the success of the team, right? They won the state title last year, brought everybody back this year, and, man, they look so good they do. overall. So it's going to be a fun tournament, though, Logan. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to the Lapway fans were awesome. 
during the girls state basketball mm-hmm. tournament. Of course, the Lapway girls won state and, you know, I'm looking forward I, I to think, seeing. I think the Lapway fans just have hotels on retainer here. <laughs> they check out and they just book next year, right? Somebody confirm that with me. I think that's what they do. They just say, we'll be back next year. Put us down. Same, same three days here. We expect to be back. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, though. Uh, Logan Green, uh, our last comment comes from uh, Scott Burton. Congrats on the new baby, Logan. <laughs> oh, thanks, Scott. Yeah, it's been, was... uh, it's been a fun couple weeks. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So that is it for our 1A D1 preview. We have gone long. All those D2 fans that are still hanging out with us, uh, thank you. Sorry we're running long. Everybody just wants to break down hoops, so it's the most exciting time of the year. It is Paul's fault. He it really is. Time. Yeah, Paul Paul got his way behind schedule. So, Logan, thank you for breaking down this 1AD1 tournament for us. We appreciate it. Yep, no problem. We'll see you on Thursday. All right, sounds good. Uh, okay, we're going to take one last break and wrap it up with the 1AD2 ranks with Gary Jones. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back right after this break. You're watching the 2022 IdahoSports.com State Basketball Preview Special. If you're like me, you love the outdoors. There's adventures to have and new paths to explore. That's why you need to be focused and engaged when you're on the road. You have more footprints to leave and more trails to take. When it comes to distracted driving, well, that's just not going to happen on my Squatch. Don't let it happen on yours either. Wait a minute, what do you mean by outdoors? All right, welcome back to our state preview special boys basketball edition on IdahoSports.com. Our last stop of the night, we we check in with Gary Jones, broadcasting the 1AD2 boys state basketball tournament for IdahoSports.com. Thanks for hanging out with us on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. While you're hanging out, hearing us break down the 1AD2 field, go ahead and hit that like button. That's going to help us in terms of the social media algorithms that nobody understands. But we want to be at the top of everybody's news feed. So hit that like button and share this video as well with all your family and friends if they couldn't be here live tonight. Gary, how you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. Awesome. Hey, also, all of our fans that are watching 1AD2 Breakdown, uh, give us a comment if you want us to to – talk about a certain team a certain player if you want uh if you want a shout out if you want us to answer a question drop us a comment and we'll throw it up on the screen uh we got a couple of spillover from the 1ad1 gary uh jalisco mile or uh, jalisco miles from lapway we going back to back that's uh lapway uh it would actually be three in a row uh for for lap uh no no no, no. back to back you're right third place uh two years ago state champs last year uh, also, we've got Scott Burton with the obligatory "Go Rams" comment for you, Gary. <laughs> you are LA Rams fans. <laughs> he saw my hat, obviously. By the way, speaking of hats, I want to ask Scott, where do I get one of those chicken hats? Because I like it. Yeah, you'll have to <laughs> you'll have to ask him when you see him in person over there at State. So, all you one AD two fans, drop us a comment. We'll throw it up on the screen as we break down the the one AD two bracket. Let, let's. I'm just going to throw the bracket up on the screen, Gary, and let's just start at the top and and the number one overall seed, Camas County. So Scott Burton and I on our Magic Valley Prepcast that we do each week, where we talk about all the teams in District Four. We we've kind of dubbed it the Year of the Musher. You know, they got into the football playoffs and had that huge upset over North Gem in the opening round. Their girls basketball team was really good. Obviously, the top boys team in 182, the the year of the musher. What do you think, Gary? 
Well, I could very well could be. They are the number one seed. This is the first time they've been to state since 05, and they have one state championship. Way back when I was at Chico State, and let me tell you, that was a long time ago, 1974. Um, if I, if you know, if I look at the girls bracket when we did the one, I did the 182 girls, and it was pretty obvious that Rockland and Council were the two best teams, and they ended up in the title game, and of course, Rockland won. But this one, when I looked at it and started studying it, this isn't like the both girls at all. This one's wide open. There's a lot of teams with good records. Camas County's 20 and 3. Uh, North Gem 17 and 5. Council 18 and 4. Rockland's 20 and 3. Carey's 19 and 6. And that's not discounting the other teams. They don't have, they have a few more losses, but, you know, a sleeper could win this thing. So I really think this 1AD2 is wide open right now for anybody to take all the marbles at the end of the tournament. Well, I think it speaks to how tough that District 4 was this year that Camas County is the one and Cary is the two seed. You know, Gary, Cary almost didn't even make it to state. You know, they had to play Sun Valley Community School, the cutthroats, in the second and third place game at Districts, and they they trailed very late in that game. It went to overtime. They got a shot basically as time expired, and boy, uh, Coach Simpson for Cary just seems to get the Panthers to state every single year you can bang yeah them. what is carries they've been to state is it, it's 17 times in a row and that's more than any division in idaho just think about that 17 years in a row they have been to state that it's mind-boggling i i it's just incredible i, I wanted to mention too the seating i did a little homework on the seating because i'm so thankful the ihsa finally seated it i know it's got some bugs but it's okay Let's just look at the girls, what happened. Um, three number one seeds won, Sugar, Lapway, and Rockland. Two number two seeds won, Timberly, or Timberline and Burley. And Coe Valley won as a number three seed. So when you see the top heavy of one, two, and three seeds winning, it means it's, they're doing something right. Right? Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Now we'll see if that pans out on the boys' side as well. Um, and I think for the most part, you're right, especially with the semifinals. I think the best teams were getting to the semifinals at least. Um, and so that really worked. When you look at the this other thing I studied, oh, Brandon, was what was the lowest seed that made it into state? And throughout all the girls, it was a number 11 seed. But there's a new record set, and they'll be set a lot in this seeding because this is the first year they've done it. Cascade has gotten to state. They were the 17th seed in max prep. And yet here they are, one of the final eight. It just goes to show you never give up. When it gets to district in Idaho, they wash the slate clean. You could be undefeated in league and not win in district, and you're not here. So, you know, I don't count anybody out when I get to these big games. Yeah, we uh, we saw Cascade go into districts as the number four seed, and they knocked out number two Garden Valley and number three Horseshoe Bend. Uh, in back-to-back, -back, uh, basically, loser-out games to punch their ticket. And you're right. Now they're the number eight seed. Tall order ahead of them. Council won the league. They're the number five seed. They have to play North Gem, a team that was one of the few to give Rockland a test this year. Rockland down there at the number three seed. I, I think there's, you know, there's five or six teams that could all get to the title. And any one of them could win it. I think this thing's kind of wide open, Gary, like you were saying. Yeah, and I would say the team that's the hottest coming in is Council. They've won 14 games in a row. But I think they got a real tough draw in North Gem because North Gem's an excellent team. They've got a good record. 
So you can get cooled off in a hurry when your opponent plays well. The, the other thing I, I looked at was Rockland is averaging, giving up their opponents 28.4 points per game. So Rockland really has the best defense, team defense in the 182 tournament. And the best offense goes to Camus. They're averaging 61.4 points a game. That's pretty good uh, for varsity to, av to average 61. So you know they had some games probably in the 70s or 80s. And so if defense wins championships, look out for the Rockland Bulldogs. If offense wins at this time, look out for Camus. Well, Rockland's got some guys that can elevate. You may you may be calling a dunk or two when Rockland plays. The the Matthews brothers, Tegan West, uh, they had a highlight that we shared on social media back in January. They they threw up an alley-oop. One brother threw it up to the other, and they they slammed it down against Clark County from Dubois. It was pretty fun to watch. Um, so well, they probably did that in their driveway all the time. <laughs> you're right. They probably practiced that all the time for sure. Um, so we're getting some comments in here. Scott Burton, you were asking where he got that chicken hat from. He got it in Hawaii. So, I mean, if you want oh, to take it to Hawaii, chicken, Gary, we'll help you find it. Yeah, no wonder it looks. All I have to do is go to Hawaii. The problem is I don't fly, so I'm going to take the boat. <laughs> there you go. Glenn Jones says, go Lumberjacks. Council Lumberjacks. My oldest son was born in Council. Go Council. And Ryan West says, Council is the sleeper. And wow, how, what do you think here, Gary? He's got Timberline of Weipe over Carey in the opening round. What do you think? Well, you know what? When it comes to the big games, you know, anything can happen. What I always look at, also, and I'll mention this, who has the most seniors? Because I've always believed, generally speaking, this is absolutely generally speaking, seniors beat so, uh, juniors, juniors beat sophomores, and sophomores beat freshmen. The team with the most seniors in this tournament is North Gym. They have five seniors. Rockland and Kerry have three. And uh, the youngest teams, by the way, would be Council and Kendrick. They only have one senior. So you can look for them to be back here next year. But, you know, it, it's hard to predict. And you guys had all predict and want to pick winners i god bless you but i can't do it because i i don't know i'm like kirk herb street on espn i don't want to pick a team i'm announcing because you know i don't want the fans and to give me a hard time however i would say that scott burton should have picked jerome he has to <laughs> because he teaches and he's an ad at jerome he has to pick Jerome. he doesn't want to because well my problem is if jerome wins this thing and Scott Burton better call in sick on Monday and not come to school. That's all I can say. I Because if, if New Plymouth was in here, that's where I taught for 30 years, I would pick him. And they can call me a homer. But who doesn't root for their home team? That's what sports is all about. That's why I don't want to pick. He probably didn't want to jinx him. And you know what, Gary? I would say that chicken hat is appropriate for you. You coward. You make no stances <laughs> on anything. That chicken hat is appropriate. Paul finally figured it out too. He stopped picking because he got, you know, a bunch of fans booing him and talking to him during the game. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, look, if I was going to pick somebody, I didn't want to tell this to the girls. I picked council. You know why? My wife graduated from council and I lived in council for a while. And Glenn's, I lived in the same town with Glenn when he had his son, Zach. I'd pick council because you know, it's my wife's alma mater. You know, I got to keep the wife happy. So that's why. I didn't even want anybody to know in the girls and you can know now in the boys. Am I kind of rooting for council? Sure. But you won't know it in my play by play. I will yeah. get excited for every good play I see. 
Yes, and I think that's that's true across the board for all the Idaho Sports.com broadcasters. That's a good question, though. Is it better to not pick any team or to be a homer and pick the school you are from? We will uh, revisit that topic at a later time because uh, we need to take a look at Timberline with the upset over Kerry possibly could happen. They had to win a play-in game against the Wampus Cats from Clark Fork just to get to state, but I, I think they've got potential because Kendrick, I think, is a team a lot of people are sleeping on. You mentioned only one senior, and everybody said the same thing during football season, Gary. Ah, Kendrick's too young. They're a year away. Well, guess what? They won it. They won state football over a Kerry team that was loaded with seniors. So, See, and that's important. Because they already know what it's like to play in big games. I know the sport's different, but you get nervous, you know. I mean, I could, I'm an avid golfer. I could make a million three foot putts in a row, but put it in a three foot putt to win a club championship. You can't practice that. You can practice free throws all day long and make them, but you cannot practice state tournament free throws because your body is and your mind is in a different frame. When it gets nervous time, you know. Who can handle the pressure the best? That's why seniors are better than juniors and juniors are better than sophomores, et cetera. But that doesn't necessarily ring true. There could be a sophomore as cool as the other side of the pillow that goes out there and has a great game. For sure. We got a couple more comments trickling in here, Ryan. LOL, you guys are awesome. I'm going to chalk that up to Gary. (laughs) That's that's all (laughs) Gary there. Um, and, uh, Amber and Lindsey green want to know about cascade. You know, they come in as the number eight seed. We talked about them a little bit, Gary, but really all that matters is that you're playing your best basketball at the right time of year. Now, Camas County right away is a, is a tough, is a tough way to open. But the one thing that cascade may have in its favor is the ability to uh run with camas county you mentioned camas county's offense was really good but they've gotten into some shootouts this year and that's gotten them into trouble a couple of times so if cascade can hang and 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 run the floor with camas county i think they've got a chance well cascade too has a player tyler thurston who's averaging 18.1 points per game camas Though the thing about them, they have one average. Let's see, Brecken Clark is averaging 16, Tristan Smith 9.4, Troy Smith 9.3, Emma Payton 8.3, or Palin, excuse me. And then Kramer, I think I can't read my own handwriting, 12.2. They have got basically five people right at that double figure average. A couple of them are at eight or nine. Uh, Whereas uh, with Cascade, they drop off after Thurston at 18, they go down to Olsen. With ten point six, yeah, so, balance, right? You know, if Cascade's going to do it, Thurston has to have a great game, and that that can happen sometimes. You know, I said I said Rusty Kramer earlier. Dawson Kramer is from Camus. Rusty Kramer is was the football coach. I've got my Kramers mixed up there. Hey, before we duck out, let's take a look at our one AD two players to watch. We picked one player from each school that the fans should keep an eye on, and again. Not a comprehensive list, just a starting point. There were lots of good players. Multiple players from multiple teams could be on here, but we picked one from each school. We mentioned Brecken Clark from Camas County. Uh, he crossed a thousand career points earlier this year for the Mushers. Connor Simpson for Carey, probably going to be the smallest guy on the floor in terms of height, pretty consistently. But man, he can shoot. You mentioned Tyler Thurston from Cascade. Wyatt Vining. Great player for Council. Good lead guard. Jagger Hewitt of Kendrick is their leading scorer. Bridger Hatch of North Gem, solid all-around athlete. Teague Matthews from Rockland, electrifying athlete. 
and Jaron Christofferson from Timberline who can hold his own um, down low if need be. It's a pretty good list, Gary. Who stands out to you? Um, you know what? To be honest with you, they all stand out because <laughs> I'm impressed. I wasn't a very good basketball player in high school. I would have been cut at the A1, D2 level. So when you can go in and average these things, I'll tell you one thing about Kerry, though. You put up Connor Simpson. He's got a teammate that's averaging more than any other player. Now, look, I didn't get Rock, Rockland or uh, Timberline's stats. I got Kendrick, but I'm old school, and I accidentally deleted it. And Coach Silflow has just sent him back to me while the show was on. So I apologize, Coach, and I, I'll get over into those stats. But the stat that stands out of everybody is the guy averaging the most points, almost 20 points a game, he's 19, is uh, Carson Perk for Kerry. Yeah. So you list Connor Simpson as one of the best players. You put that with a guy that's averaging nearly 20, and you can see why Kerry, you know, has a good chance to win this thing. Yeah, Carson Perks was at Richfield, actually, the first two years and moved to Kerry oh. with his family over the summer. Um, and so he was he was the player of the year in that conference for Richfield last year, and now is at Kerry. So you are absolutely right. Uh, cascade comment here. Olsen's steamy can get hot and surprise from Amber and Lindsey Green and uh, streaky. Okay. So streaky, I think they meant streaky instead of steamy. So <laughs> now I'll tell you the three hungriest teams in the state are the three teams that have never won. Cascade has never won. Rockland has never won. And council's never won. You know, when you've been playing boys basketball in Idaho since a long, long time ago, since the teens, man, to not ever win, that's a long time without a victory. So I know the students from those three schools are going to do everything they can to try to win. They are going to die for every loose ball, go after every rebound. So can an inexperienced team that's never won before win? Absolutely. They can get the monkey off their back. And one of those teams might do it. And if Rockland does it, they'll have the rare – Repeat. I've done all kinds of records, and I sent them to you guys. Most coaches with the most wins. But what I need is research this next offseason is how many teams have won both the boys and girls state. I know Sugar Salem's done it. I know Firth has done it. Um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Lapway's done it, and they certainly can do it this year if the boys win. I, I'm betting Lapway's done it. But talk about <laughs> – man, some teams die to win one, and – you know, some towns just want that first display. How about a town like Rothland that could sweep it? Lapway can sweep it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Travis says this is the year of the musher. We will wait and see. But we do know it's going to be a really fun state basketball tournament, Gary. And we are looking forward to all of your play-by-play -play coverage on IdahoSports.com for all of the 2A action. Brandon, if I can just add one more thing. Yes, go for Mushers it. Mushers has to be one of the coolest nicknames in Idaho. Whenever I see a new high school in Idaho open up and they pick uh, a name that's already been used, they like Rocky Mountain took the Grizzlies. There's already six or seven Grizzlies. I really dislike that. I, if you have a chance to build a new school, pick a unique mascot like the Riverhawks did with the Twin Falls School. So Mushers is so cool. I don't know how many teams in the United States and call themselves the Mushers, but that's like, I'm a mascot guy. I always have been. I love mascots dressing up when I go to the tournament. I think Mushers is one of my favorite mascots in the entire state of Idaho. Definitely. All right, Gary, before we get out of here, I have one last question for you. It's not really a true Gary Jones appearance unless you tell us about the 1994 
New Plymouth State Baseball Championship. <laughs> wow. You know, if you'd have told me I was going to – baseball was my favorite sport. It always has been. And golf. If you'd have told me that I was going to win a state championship, I told you were crazy. I didn't doubt myself as a coach. I just never felt like I was that lucky. You know, nobody pulls my name out of the sweepstakes hat. And I got dealt. I mean, I worked my butt off to be a coach. It took us my second year. I won one game. We were at the bottom of the league when I took over the, the team. And I coached for 13 years. I won in my 11th year. And that day is the most special day of my life. When the final out was recorded, I cried like a baby when my wife hugged me. And then when I hugged Chris Baum and we were both crying in each other's arms, I would have never envisioned my teaching career be that I'm going to cry in another student's arms. And they're going to be tears of joy. They're not going to be tears of sadness. It was the most incredible win of my life. I Every time I run into one of those students that played for me, I just thank them for giving not just the town a state championship, but me. I actually can't believe I can say Gary Jones won a state title. It's to me, it's I, it's undescribable. I don't know how to describe it. I really don't. But it was, and much as I wanted my Rammies to win because they hadn't won in my lifetime from LA, my favorite championship of all time, Lakers, Dodgers, Rams, anybody was that championship I won in baseball. We won. I don't want to say I. We won, and it's still the happiest day in my life. Even happier than the day I was married. Cause I was really nervous that day. And I was really nervous in that state championship game too. Cause I was playing Homedale and I had beaten them three times, twice in league, once in district championship. So to beat them, I kept thinking, I didn't sleep the night before in my little hotel room. Cause I was thinking if I lose, I'll lose one out of four games and it's for all the marbles. So, and I beat Dan Tristan who was a fabulous coach. Um, I feel very, very fortunate and honored to have done that. And I didn't need to, I didn't need to, I retired two leagues later cause I wanted to get, a handicap lower than my wife and still working on that. Um, but it's, it's really the most cherished day of my entire life. Which we, we bring it back full circle here to say that Gary knows what he's talking about when he's on the air <laughs> broadcasting, he, he's been coaching a long time and he has the credentials to back it up. So uh, hopefully, you. hopefully those championship moments happen for, for some teams this weekend. Like you said, maybe a school that hasn't broken through yet gets that first state title. It's going to be a lot of fun, Gary. Thank you for hanging out with us to break down this one AD two bracket. Thank you to everybody who who hung out here. Uh, maybe you sat through the whole nearly two hour marathon. That's awesome. Maybe you were just here for the one AD two. Maybe you were popping in and out. Uh, we will have the replay of this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, Twitter account as well. Um, it'll be easier for more eyeballs to see it if you like this video before you duck out for the night. One last thing we're gonna ask you: like this video and share it with everybody you know so we can get as many people uh these nuggets of information as possible and it's been a lot of fun tonight gary thank you for joining us we appreciate it you know brandon it's an honor and a privilege to be an announcer for autosports.com i don't take it you know i don't take it for granted i'm blessed in fact don't tell paul kingsbury but i i'd even do this job for free <laughs> okay please i paul's listening i'm lying paul but don't don't tell him if he wasn't listening heard that I heard that <laughs> on record, on record. Keep that. We'll keep that under the chicken hat. We'll just keep that to ourselves, Gary. All right. Big thanks to everybody for hanging out with us live tonight on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account as well. Enjoy the competition, everybody. And don't forget IdahoSports.com will have 
live audio coverage of every single game. But it's not just that. We're going to have photographers at all of the state venues. We're going to have social media, Instagram, Twitter, with updates of all the games throughout. We're going to have recaps each night of all the state tournament games. We don't just park inside the Idaho Center and cover the big schools. We are out at every high school, making sure every single school, all the way down to 1AD2, gets the coverage they deserve. We don't just park it in the Idaho Center. We're everywhere, and we've got you covered at idahosports.com. So really, you just got to check there each and every day at State for all the info, all the latest up-to-date stuff. So, all right. Thank you for Thanks, tuning Brandon. in. Yes, thank you, Gary. Thank you to everyone who tuned into this live preview special. Uh, we will see you next time on idahosports.com. Enjoy the state tournaments, everybody. It's going to be a lot of fun.